Yeah, I'm opening. Terry Barber and Jess Romero will be with us. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. He'll be with us in a minute. He's having some technical issues. I just want to say today's going to be an interesting show. Tomorrow, especially, we're going to be covering some things that you'll want to hear about. Uh, today, the theme will be the Senator LeWay wants to reverse Catholic teaching on homosexuality. And here's why that's impossible. We want to give you very important information to show that this can't happen, even if the Pope wanted to, uh, because one of the cardinals said it's true that you know the Pope's behind him on this. Even if he is baloney, that's not the Pope doesn't have the authority to do that. We we can we'll quote Vatican One and show you why that's a, not a possibility. But uh, much much more. But also, I want to just give you what I think is a good news story that I was so happy to see come out over the week. Uh, this is a Hayes School District in Kansas. Believe it or not, I spoke there in Hayes, Kansas about five years ago. It's a great little Catholic community, and they're resisting all this uh, baloney that's coming into the school districts. They were able to do a 5-2 to two vote to prohibit satanic clothing and symbols in the dress code of their kids. You know, because one parent from the sa- satanic temple complained in a board meeting that the school r- rules forbid Satanists from expressing their religion. See how they go in? But the school board took the issue for its next meeting and voted to keep the prohibition. That's what happens when you have a good school board. And to me, that's just what we need to do everywhere in this country. I see I, I've got Jesse on. Jess, you're with us? Yeah, I'm on the line, Terry. Uh, okay. My Comrex has got All right. some gremlins or something. Jesse, I was just I giving a good news story about Kansas. I've spoken in Hayes, Kansas. They, they took uh, the, uh, the school board, said there's no way we're going to let the kids dress in satanic symbols in their dress code. Isn't that re- great news? I wish it would happen more often in more cities. I got some more pieces of good news. Let's hear them, Jess. Yeah, here's another good news story. Florida yeah. suspends pro-abortion official. Yep. <laughs> Governor DeSantis I love it. from Florida yeah. suspended state attorney Andrew Warren, mm-hmm. who has refused to enforce Florida laws against abortions, and gender transition treatments for children in Hills, Hillsborough County, which covers the city of Tampa. So uh, excellent. He's he's this guy's a, a Soros-backed state attorney, Andrew Warren. He's neglecting his duties yep. to uphold the laws of the state of Florida. So Governor DeSantis suspended him. Another good news: citizens defund library that stocked LGBTQ books. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Residents of Jamestown. Michigan voted down a taxation plan this week that would have funded a local library after it displayed LGBT literature. <laughs> a group called Jamestown Conservatives organized the effort to get the Patmos Library defunded, taking issue with the books such as Gender Queer and other books that promoted the LGBT movement. Uh, another good news story. Keep them coming. Visa halts business yeah. with porn yeah. sites. Yep. One week after a federal judge ruled that Visa Incorporated allegedly helped monetize child pornography through adult websites, the payment processing giant on Thursday said it would suspend its business dealings with a leading pornography company. Wow. U.S. District Judge Cormac Carney of the Central District of California said last week that Visa knew they they had been funding child pornography but now they've halted their business. And last bit of good news, <laughs> Florida cracks down on drag show for kids. I heard about that. Good. The Florida Department of Business yeah. and Professional Regulation on Tuesday 
served a complaint to a Miami bar that offers lewd drag shows specifically targeting children. The complaint comes after a viral video surfaced that showed a half-naked drag stripper with underwear filled with money leading a little girl by the hand on the bar during the show. So the, the Department of Business and Professional Regulations identified the girl as between three and five years old. Mm. So if the bar is found in violation of the law, the state will, res- will rescind its liquor license, effectively putting it out of business. Terry? Jesse, more and more good news stories. we got to keep fighting for this People culture. fighting back. Yes, and you know, I have an 80-year-old woman. She, she was uh, banned from the YMCA after complaining about a man changing in the girls' locker room. Now, she got banned, but you see, we're, not everyone we're going to win, but, you know, she's 80 years old. She could have kept quiet. No, she's standing up and saying this isn't right, and we need to do more and more of that. Jesse, I want to get to the soul food right now, and then St. Dominic is his feast day. So if we could be so good to give us some uh, soul food from the Gospel of Matthew. Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 17 and following. Mm-hmm. As Jesus and his disciples were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were overwhelmed with grief. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax approached Peter and said, Does not your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes. When he came into the house before he had time to speak, Jesus asked him, What is your opinion, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take tolls or census tax? From their subjects or from their foreigners? When he said, from foreigners, Jesus said to him, Then the subjects are exempt, but that we may not offend them, go to the sea, drop in a hook, and take the first fish that comes up. Open its mouth, and you will find a coin worth twice the temple tax. Give that to them for me and for you. The Gospel of Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Beautiful. A couple things uh, mm-hmm. just uh, jumped out at me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 24. Capernaum, that's Jesus' hometown, his Galilean ministry. Galilee is like the county. Capernaum is like the city. It's like saying, it's just like saying like West Covina, the mm-hmm. city, L.A. County. Sure. Uh, and, and, and notice uh, the, the way he talks about a half shekel to pay the temple tax mm-hmm. or, or a drachma. Uh, this was required of all male Jews who were 20 years old. And... And why was Peter the one that was chosen to pay the tax? Because of his primacy amongst the apostles, amongst the brethren. So here the tax collectors recognize and approach Peter because they know the spokesman of the apostles. Also in verse 26, we're up that the sons are free. What does that mean? It means that the divine sonship shared by Jesus, uh, which is Jesus has a natural, a uh, supernatural relationship with God the Father, Peter has a, an adoptive, you and I have an adopted relationship with God the Father. Mm-hmm. And so the divine subject is shared by Jesus and Peter exempts them from taxes. Nevertheless, they submit their new covenant liberty to the regulations of the Old Testament, because in the early church, believers maintained that there were certain old covenant practices, like the temple tax, uh, that, 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 that you should continue to, to practice, to avoid giving offense to the Jews. Also in verse 27, that jumps out at me where it talks about, you will find a shekel. 
So again, a shekel, it's, uh, it's, it's, in Greek it's called a stator. It's worth drachmas. So the full shekel pays, it pays a half shekel tax for both Peter and Jesus. The single payment to both Christ and Peter underscores what? That there's a spiritual union between Jesus and Peter, between Jesus and his vicar here on earth. Terry, take it away. Well said. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Fulton J. Sheen. Full Sheen ahead here. You got it. This is uh, from an old book by Bishop Sheen called The Antichrist. <laughs> oh, boy. He says the Antichrist is at work in modern education and society. You got that right, Bishop Sheen. In his preaching, Fulton Sheen repeatedly cautioned, and we drop violence, discipline, commitment to the cross, and the world picks it up. That's why there is no stopping the violence in this country. Sheen says, we have to hire more police guards and guards, build more hospitals for the addicts. Why? And this is the cash value, Jesse. He says, because there's no moral reason on the inside why they should stop. In other words, their moral conscience, you've been saying that for years, Jess, is dead. We need to renew that. That's my take on Fulton Sheen. That's right. Uh, by the way, today, Terry, the feast day of St. Dominic. Yeah, let's get him. La Rega, Spain. Mm-hmm. His name is Dominic de Guzman. Yep. He was initially a canon regular. He was a priest in the service at the Cathedral in Spain. But after accompanying his, his bishop on a voyage in which he encountered many who had been to the, the dualist Albigensian heresy, yep. St. Dominic, he, he envisioned an order especially dedicated to preaching for the salvation of souls. His nights were spent in contemplation of the Word of God. His days were spent in the preaching of the Word of God. And it was said that he, that he spoke only to God or about God. Later, St. Thomas Aquinas expressed this characteristic rhythm of Dominican life. He said, quote, to contemplate and to hand on to others what has been contemplated. And Pope Honorius III, he approved the foundation of the Order of Preachers of Dominicans in 1216 A.D. St. Dominic also founded a community of contemplative nuns in 1206. He died in 1221. St. Dominic, pray for us. And I might add about St. Dominic, we've got some good Dominicans in Washington, D.C., young Dominicans, and they're just rocking everybody now. So Yeah, it's, hopefully it, one of them will be Pope one day. Yeah, it's part of the renewal of the church, and I see it right now. If you think about this, Jesse, lots of young priests are getting, they know what we're up against, and they're more orthodox yeah. than the old guys. The guys my age, who who grew up during the you know the 60s and yeah, the sexual... Our age. Yeah, our age. They made a mess of the church, Terry. They did. They did, Jess. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, I'll tell you something. Tell me, Jess. Uh, you know the way uh, people have been talking about the springtime of the church? Oh. Bishop Athanasius, he, he's, uh, he says, uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, he says, we haven't had a springtime yet. You know, that's, that's, I, I know it's rhetoric, it's post-matic rhetoric. It hasn't come yet. Yeah. It has been no springtime. We have his book, The Springtime That Never Came. Go to vmpr.org, read it. He's coming on next week for us to talk about that very book. Next up, the Senate Way wants to reverse Catholic teachings on homosexuality. What? Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. We got Jesse on the phone. He's got some connecting problems. But, Jess, this is an amazing topic. I... 
I almost shrink, I almost like, are you, is this for real? The Senate way wants to reverse Catholic teachings on homosexuality. And here's why it's impossible. Catholic theology, you can't just change because someone, even the Pope can't change this. Yeah, Terry, uh, we got some bad hombres right now you think? in the church. Oh, man. Because, I mean, I can see people saying, okay, well, let's talk about, you know, should uh, altar boys wear red or orange? Classics. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see having those debates, and sure. people, you know, okay, give. Are you kidding me? Reversing the teach on homosexuality, which comes from the Holy Bible, sacred scripture. Are I mean, my head explodes just to think that there's there are cardinals and bishops that want to do this. What Bible have they been reading? Who do they believe in? Bible or is it the Satanic Bible? I'm, yeah. I'm not sure what they've been reading. Yeah. This Lifesite News article says the German Synodal Way and its allies were are hell-bent, yep. seemingly more so every day, on changing Catholic doctrine regarding homosexuality. Yeah, Terry, this is what, they're not going to let go of this. Nope. A leader of the Synodal Way indeed recently acknowledged that the Heterodox Initiative is intended as a direct challenge to the Church's teaching on this issue. It's all coming out, Jess. Yeah, and that's good. I'm glad, Terry, yeah, that we bring it on. fight it out in the open, slug it out in the open. Exactly. Or pray it out in the open, whatever you want, you know. Yeah. Mark Frings, now he's a lefty, he's, he's, he's the Secretary General of the Central Committee of German Catholics. He's a, a, a leading German lay, lay group and co-organizer of the Synodal Way. Described the Synodal Way, frankly, as a conscious statement against the, the current Catholic catechism, which he complains has been critis- critical and disparaging of homosexuality since the mid-1970s, and still reproaches homosexuality and homosexual activity as a sin. Which it is. As the Catholic Church has done for two millennia. So this guy, Mark Frings, Frings Terry, he's, again, he's a lay person. He's all, he's all in with the German yeah. bishops. But who's he with, Jesse? Homosexuality. The, the, yeah. Birds of the feather the flocking together. James Martin's with this guy. Right? Yeah. Continue. Fourteen bishops in the U.S. are with him as well. Yes. So this Mark Frings, yeah. this late Catholic troublemaker dissenter, yeah. uh, he's, he's, his remarks were published last month by Outreach, a new, as a we need, as a we need more, Terry, <laughs> a new LGBT activism group founded by dissident Father James. There Blanc, you go, birds of the feather. Popping up these groups all over the, all over the yep. world, actually. Mm-hmm. So in his commentary, Mark Frings, this late leftist, is the notion that the church can reverse this long-standing teaching about homosexuality? Homosexuality, a teaching that the Catholic, that the Catechism of the Catholic Church notes, is deeply in both sacred scripture and tradition. Terry, I don't know what the guys are thinking. It's going to be impossible. It's impossible to change it unless you just completely just get the Bible and just well, burn I, it. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, Jesse. I wish these guys would just go and start their own church because they don't believe. The, what the teachings of the church believe, and so they're doing a disservice. They'll take you. Wait, say that again. They should go to the Anglican church. Exactly. Anglican. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I just think it's it's truth in advertising. Now, this assembly, which governs the Central Way, already voted in February, Jesse, to advance several radical posi- uh, proposals challenging Catholic doctrine, including a document demanding a reevaluation of the church's stance on homosexuality. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's hard to believe. The document insists that homosexual inclinations, are you ready? Is part of man's identity 
as created by God and cannot be changed. See, that goes right against the church teaching. And that is, is ethically not to be judged any differently than any other sexual orientation. Though research shows the same-sex orientation is not genetic, and the church recognizes it as is already objectively disordered. Now, That's this, the phrase that upsets the left. Ab- there, oh, there. ticks them off. Yeah, and just this recognition of equality and legitimacy of non-heterosexual orientations, their practices, their relationships, as well as the elimination of discrimination based on sexual orientation is urgently required, states the proposal, as quoted by the Friends. Now, Jess, this is just... That's that leftist, Mark Frings. Yeah, this... Continue, Jess. Mark Frings' commentary regurgitates much of the synodal waste <laughs> anti-scientific yep. LGBT propaganda while also hinting at the initiative's broad ambitions. The Church must not merely create safe spaces for the queerness Mark Fringe demanded, but must be transformed entirely in accordance with the dictates of the LGBTQ agenda. Here's what he said, Mark Fringe. It is often heard that the church should enable safe spaces where queerness can be lived, free from discrimination and the pressure to justify itself. From my point of view, says Mark Fringe, a slay leftist, such safe spaces can be only an intermediate step. The church as a whole must be a safe space in order to meet people with different sexual identities. LGBTQ people are, like all Christians, a blessing for the community. Yeah. Absolutely not true. Somebody who's in, now, this is my comment, somebody who's in mortal sin is not a blessing to the body of Christ. In yeah. fact, St. Paul says, uh, your sin affects other people's sin in the body of Christ. Yeah. Your holiness also affects other people in, in the body of Christ. And so LGBT people, Catholics, they don't, bring, they don't bring blessings into the body of Christ. What they bring is they bring sin into the body of Christ, and that sin, uh, it, has a, it has a negative effect. It's like, it's like injecting yourself with poison into your vein. Eventually it's going to kill you. And Jesse, tomorrow I'm going to play a clip from a Cardinal Hollerick. He was in Chicago over the weekend that uh, tries— basically he's saying that Pope Francis— uh, agrees with all of this uh, Sedona way, and that um, uh, I'm going to hear it right from the Cardinal's mouth tomorrow uh, regarding that. It's, it's in this article, right? It, well, let's go ahead and say what he said, but I, I want to hear, hear him say it tomorrow. Yeah. Go ahead. In his quest to readjust the church to align with homosexual ideology, Mark Frings, this late leftist, yeah. has like-minded allies like hierarchy. Who are they? Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich, a Jesuit, the Relator General of Pope Francis' Synod on Synodality, and a supporter of the Way, asserted earlier this year, this is Cardinal Hollerich, yeah. that Church's prohibition of sodomy is now false. <laughs> because start. the sociological scientific foundation of this teaching yeah. is no longer correct. Well, what audacity. Adding that thinking further about teaching can lead to a change in teaching. So this man, I guess he's putting himself out to be a scientist. He says, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with sodomy. Really? There's a thing that came up in the 70s and 80s. It was called GRIDS, gay-related uh, in- infectious disease. Now it's called AIDS. Yep. And now we have another homosexual-related That's disease. Right. It's called monkeypox. 
Yep. Which is a homo, it's a sodomy disease. Of course. And so not only that, when you compare the homosexual community compared to the heterosexual community, they have a higher rate of all kinds of different STDs. So this guy, Cardinal Hollerich, who was saying that sodomy, you know, uh, the, the prohibition of sodomy, you know, is no longer correct. This guy does not know. He hasn't kept on the medical studies right now. Yeah. Because the homosexual community is plagued with STDs, Terry. And, you know, Jesse, I wish more cardinals and bishops and priests would just call it for what it is. Cardinal George Pell, who's been on our show, he described these comments. Here it is, Jesse, real clear. clear. Explicit heresy. Okay, who? this is what this is. And, and nobody in Rome, they're going to say he's right? See, this is a disaster that's going on in Rome right now on this, Jess. That's, that's not from the article. That's Terry Barber calling it with Cardinal George Pell. Yeah, this is Akita Japan uh, yeah. in full living color. Yep. Cardinal versus Cardinal. That's right. Cardinal Pell versus Cardinal Hollerich. Yep. Bishop versus Bishop. Uh, we're seeing this right now. The diabolical disorientation as a result of modernism. Yep. So, yeah, Cardinal Hollerich, a leftist, a man of the left, nevertheless appeared once again to dismiss the teaching of, sac- of sacred scripture yeah. on homosexuality this week while stressing that he is in full agreement with Pope Francis. Yeah, this is a sick statement. So in other words, he's alluding that Pope Francis agrees with him. I know. That's what he's alluding to. Yeah. So despite the in- incessant heretical demands of the Synodal Way and its backers, the Catholic Church, in fact, cannot reverse its teaching against homosexuality. That's impossible. It's an apostolic which, teaching. Which is as set in stone as That's any right. moral doctrine. That's right. These guys want to change the Church's teachings. Get and out. Get out. Church. Yeah. Get out, all of you. I don't care who you are. I don't care how high you go up. Either. That's right. Get out. Start your own church. The church has recognized homosexuality as a grave evil since the apostolic age in conformity with Scripture. Yep. St. Paul condemned sodomy through the, throughout his epistles, stating that those who practice it will not inherit the kingdom of God. You also find the first century dedicate yep. the teaching of the Twelve Apostles, one of the oldest Christian writings, likewise named sodomy as a grievous crime. That's right. Alongside adultery and murder against the second part of Jesus' great command, love thy neighbor as thyself. And finally, or moreover, should I say, yeah. Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, remember that letter. The, the former prefect for the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, yep. one of the good old days, yeah. noted in the congregation's 1986 letter on homosexuality that, quote, constant tradition and organic continuity with the scriptural perspective underpin the Church's teachings today. Also invoking De Verbum, the Second Vatican Council's Constitution on Divine Revelation, and the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 20, uh, I think it's 2357, says, basing itself on sacred scripture, which presents sexual acts uh, as acts of grave depravity, That's right. tradition has always declared that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. Terry, those are the words. That sentence is what drives the left crazy. Yeah, and they want this to get. They want to change the catechism of the Catholic Church. I love what Father Philip Baronsky, head of Courage International, the largest church-approved ministry to same-sex attracted individuals, has pointed out. The language used by the catechism signifies the Catholic teaching on homosexuality is in. Fallible. And Jesse, I'm going to say it again. These people who don't like what the Bible teaches, what the church has taught from day one, get out. That's a solution. Because what they're doing, Jesse, is they're bringing people to hell along with themselves. That Okay, I said it. Yep. Amen. 
again, scripture and tradition and the catechism, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this definitely is an infallible teaching. That's right. When, when you've got scripture, sacred tradition, and the catechism, it's, this, this clearly means that this teaching, which flows from the anthropological fact of the nature of sex human, human bodies, yeah. is an infallible teaching of the ordinary universal magisterium, according to Father uh, Bachansky, who's head of Courage International. And, and Jesse, let me jump in for a minute. But you just yeah. said was very important. Even Cardinal Mueller says, nobody can change Catholic doctrine that homosexuality is a grave sin. And then we're going to quote when we come back, Vatican I, Scripture. This is so. This is what we call in basketball a slam dunk. It's yeah. not an issue. We can. It's two points, baby. You can't change it. We'll come back. You'll get more on the Terry and Jesse show. Why are we so fired up? Because it's the truth that sets us free. Error has no rights. That's what we've been taught from day one. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Is this microphone on? Jesse and I have been putting out information regarding the church teachings on homosexuality from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, from Vatican I, from Vatican II. Uh, you know, at the first, we want to give you this because then you have ammunition, so to speak, to defend the truth. At the first Vatican Council, it declared that the Pope is not given authority to invent any new doctrine, okay? So the Holy Spirit was promised to the successors of Peter, not so that they might have some new revelation made known by something like that, but by his assistance that they might religiously guard and faithfully expound the revelation of deposit of faith transmitted to the apostles. That's the Pope's marching orders. The Second Vatican Council... Uh, likewise affirm the teaching office of the church is not above the word of God. Yes, you learned that at Steubenville, but serves it, yep. teaches only what has been handed on, listening to it devoutly, guarding it uh, uh, very carefully, explaining it faithfully to accord with a divine commission, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, it draws from this one deposit of faith everything which is presented for belief as divinely revealed. It doesn't get any clearer than that, Jess. Yeah, Terry, and, and uh, you know, for, for, again, the naysayers mm-hmm. that talk about, well, you know, there, science science doesn't say anything, there's anything wrong with sodomy. The article says here, I mean, I, I said in my own words, but the article says here, um, the recent monkeypox monkey outbreak yeah. underscores the consequences of grave sin. Mm-hmm which LGBT activists demand society ignore. Practicing homosexuals face a nearly 30 times higher risk of HIV and an 80 times higher rate of anal cancer, as well as risks of other cancers and STDs. (laughs) The sexually active homosexual population suffers disproportionately from HIV, anal cancer, chlamydia, trichomitis, cryptosporidium, microsporidia, gonorrhea, syphilis, herpes, hepatitis B and C, genital, genital warts, scabies, HPV, and other conditions. Catholic pro-family organization, uh, uh, faithful and true, 
has observed that as a result, life expectancy of sexually active homosexuals is reduced by many years. Yeah, and you know, Jesse, this is so important. We this is true charity when you when you explain to people the man and woman created for one another that this this is the Catholic position. Now, even back in 1986, the CDF uh, notes the necessary context in which to address the issue is the theology of creation found in Genesis. Go back to the Bible. Don't go back to Father James Martin. He's way too late, okay? Which clearly teaches that God creates man and woman specifically for each other. God created man in his old image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So this is a biblical worldview. It's not good that man should be alone. Uh, he, the Bible, Genesis says, I will make him a helper fit for him. The Lord declared in Genesis 1.18, this is at last bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, Adam says when he sees Eve. And when the catechism describes as a exclamation of love and communion. See, Jesse, this is a biblical approach. Let's get rid of this, this sec, the, uh, the secular approach to whatever feels good must be good. It's not a biblical worldview. Well, I'm, I'm going to give go ahead a biblical world. I'm going to give a biblical worldview in it right now that most people have never heard. Yep. I, now, now this is I, I don't say this often, but this is one time where I will say, put on your seatbelts. Yeah. Because what I'm going to say, Good. most Catholics have never heard this, and most Catholics will never hear this from the pulpit. Okay. Here's the. I'm ready. The word. There's a word that's used in the Bible in the Old and New Testament, and most people just think, okay, it's talking about a four-legged animal. Dogs. Dogs. It's used in the Old and New Testament. Remember, the Bible is written by Jews, and it's a Hebrew book, and it's a Hebrew culture. So, for example, when I read in Revelation chapter 22, verse 15, it says, it's about heaven, it says, outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the unchaste, the murderers, the idol worshipers, all who love practice deceit. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, I know what a witch is. I know what a sorcerer is. Yep. I know what somebody who is unchaste is. I know what a murderer is. But what does it mean, the dogs? Okay. So I looked at the footnote years ago in Revelation twenty-two fifteen, and it took me to Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 18. Mm-hmm. In, in, in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 23, 18, God calls homosexuals dogs. He doesn't call them gay. He doesn't call them LGBT. In the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 23:18, the word dogs refers to homosexuals. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to read from several commentaries uh, from, from world-class biblical theologians. I'm going to show you what they say about the phrase dogs that Moses, that God uses uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 18, uh, which is basically, uh, you know, it's not a compliment. So here's from the Worldwide, Worldwide Bible Study Commentary. It says, Deuteronomy 23, 18, God calls homosexuals dogs, not gays. The word dogs refers to male prostitutes, and their common mode of sexual relations. Number two, here's another commentary. Bible study tools commentary. 
The word dogs in, tw- in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 18, is a metaphor for the morally impure as it is throughout Scripture. They rep- dogs represent male prostitutes. Wow. Number three, Vine's Complete Expository Dictionary. This is a Greek New Testament dictionary used by both Catholics and Protestants and the Orthodox. It says, dogs, page 181, are those whose moral impurity will exclude them from the kingdom of heaven. Here's the Navarre Study Bible on the first five books, the Pentateuch, page 754, commentary on Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 18. God uses the word dogs to describe a certain class of people. Here's what the Navarre Bible commentary says, quote, Dogs is the description of a male sacred prostitute. Wow. A dog, according to the biblical writers, is, causes a sense of horror. <laughs> Here's a famous Protestant commentary. It's called The Word New Testament by Henry Blackaby. He says, The dogs in Revelation 22.15 are the same as a sexually immoral mentioned in Revelation 21, verse 8. The Catholic New American Study Bible, page 422, says, The dogs mentioned in Revelation 22:15 are the same as male unchaste mentioned in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. Terry, so... You got a, it. You nailed it. study yeah. of the word dog in mm-hmm. the Old and New Testament. I thought, ah, they're just talking about our, our four-legged friends. No, they're not. The context of a dog, and, and, and not, not to get, to get too graphic, but you've, people have seen dogs copulating on the street. Okay? We've all seen that, okay? Again, this is why God refers to homosexuals as dogs. Yep. Jesse. Again, enough, enough said. Can yeah, I you know, you nailed it there. And, you know, when I think about the recent monkeypox outbreaks, even... Even like some of our leaders, uh, there's a Democrat up in Northern California named Weiner, and he said we shouldn't stop these homosexuals from having sex just because of monkeypox. They should have freedom to express themselves. It's the same knucklehead who said you can't have freedom not wear a mask. Okay, here's the point. Recent monkeypox outbreaks underscore the consequences of grave sin. Yes, there's a there's a, a sin that's going to kill your body, your soul. And also, sin is bad for your body. Let's just be honest. So, the consequences of this grave sin, which the LGBT activists demand society, just ignore it. No, don't say that. Practicing homosexuals face a nearly 30 times higher risk of HIV. And are you ready? An 80 times higher rate of anal uh, cancer, as well as elevated risk of other cancers and STDs. So, Jesse, just on the natural level, they shouldn't be doing this. But on more importantly, the supernatural level, because life is short, eternity is forever. We're being charitable to these folks by telling them the truth. Terry, before the, before the CDC became weaponized and used by the left, but yeah. about 20 years ago, there's a study the CDC put out back in the, in the, in the, in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. They said... 94 to 95 percent of HIV cases among boys and young men is linked to homosexual sex. You probably won't see them putting something like that out right now. Uh, And and also, here's 
the homosexuals, bisexuals and homosexual men are like 1% or 2% of the population. Right. They account for 75% of the syphilis cases. There you go. Microphone on? Brutal. Very, and, 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 and again, and when you go to tradition, sacred tradition, there are some, some whopping statements. You have, uh, you have our God the Father who appeared at St. Catherine of Siena. Oh, yeah. And this is, this is documented, this conversation, this vocation yes. is documented in the book called The Dialogue with God the Father. St. Catherine of Siena was told by God the Father that Powerful. the only sin that demons cannot look at is the sin of, of two men sodomizing each wow. other. He's, God the Father told St. Catherine that demons have to turn away from the act of sodomy because it's so dark. Incredible. Also, here's something else most people don't know. St. Bonaventure, doctor of the church, and St. Jerome, doctor of the church, said that when Jesus Christ was born, we call this day, or we call the nativity, in our, the rosary, mm-hmm. the day that he, would, that he was born, St. Jerome and St. Bonaventure, there's two uh, homilies on the internet, they said all the sodomites in the world died at that moment because the, the purity of God came into the world, so everything impure had to leave. Unbelievable. Jesse, up next, as Catholics, how should we respond to wokeism? Yeah, how should we do that? We want to give you tools to defend the teachings of Christ and His church because we're at war. Spiritually, we are at war. Stay tuned with us on the Terry and Jesse Show. Absolutely. We'll be back with more. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. St. Dominic, pray for us. Wow, what are we up against? He had a problem in his own time, and now it's ours here. We're going to talk about wokeism and have a Chris Stefanik give us a a response to this. So, Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? Wokeism. It's the new worldview made popular by a convergence of movements seeking to right the wrongs in the world. So where does it come from? Some think that wokeism finds its roots in the postmodern deconstructionist movement that exploded in French universities in the last century. (sighs) Philosophers there set out on a mission to deconstruct what they called meta-narratives. These are overarching views of life and history that help people make sense of reality like religion and the natural sciences. These philosophers taught a generation of students to be cynical of everything handed on to them from past generations by encouraging them to be critical of any and every meta-narrative. All this academic theory had little impact on real life until the 1980s and 90s when applied deconstructionism exploded in college classrooms in the form of post-colonial theory, queer theory, critical race theory, intersectional feminism, and more. Driven by themes of social justice, these theories went beyond the French deconstructionists and labeled most meta-narratives not just false or blocks to reality, but oppressive and evil. You see, when we wake up to the belief that everything is about a conflict of the oppressed versus the oppressor, and after we deconstruct our own inherited oppressive thinking and set out on a mission to dismantle everything in our inherently oppressive world, then we're considered members of an elite class known as the woke. Everyone else, of course, is asleep. So what's right with it? The good thing about wokeism is that it recognizes that there is historic and systemic injustice in the world. By no means are we trying to undermine that fact. Racism, sexism, the mistreatment of those who self-identify as LGBT, 
It's all very real and can, in some places and times in history, become systemic, meaning the injustice perpetrated by individuals has seeped into laws, social interactions, workplace policies, and then the way we communicate history. That said, every movement of social upheaval in the past century that went disastrously wrong was rooted in some legitimate fight against real injustice. Communists, Nazis, French revolutionaries, they all called for liberty, equality, and fraternity in their fight against very real injustices in their time. They also labeled anyone who stood in the way as enemies of liberty, equality, and fraternity, which, not surprisingly, stopped anyone from questioning them. Because who wants to be a jerk? <laughs> and for a time, that made their movements unstoppable as they shifted from philosophies to movements obsessed with gaining and using power to remake the world. Not that I'm saying the woke are Nazis, but I'm saying that just because I agree with the woke that there's real systemic injustice doesn't mean I have to agree with wokeism. So where does wokeism go disastrously wrong? Maybe a better name for wokeism to reveal its flaws is nothing but-ism. Listen, while I'd agree with the woke that people who identify as LGBT have been mistreated, I don't agree with the woke that the nuclear family is nothing but a system to oppress people who identify as LGBT. That America, although it has racism in its past and present, is nothing but a political expression of systemic racism. That capitalism is nothing but a racist economic system. That the message of the gospel, the best news in human history, that God loves us, died for us, called us to life on high forever, is nothing but an oppressive and obsolete system spread by colonial powers and the world is better off without it. All that reductionist thinking has led to the plan of the woke to just cancel those who are non-woke and who are, naturally, nothing but oppressive and deserving of nothing but removal from society. Hence the birth of cancel culture, a cruel form of social excommunication. So how should good people respond? First, set your hearts on what you love. Too many people see recent cultural trends, get obsessed with them, and get filled with anger. Listen, saints and heroes, they were aware of what's wrong in their world but they didn't fill their hearts and minds with what they hate. They fill their hearts and minds with what they love. That's why even though the world might love to hate Christians, saints are irresistibly, universally attractive. Two, act with courage. Listen, I know it's not easy, but the silent majority needs to stop being silent. Because if we don't, we'll surrender the world to those who want to reform it into a place that no one wants to live in. And three, offer the world a better meta-narrative than wokeism and cancel culture. Wokeism is a meta-narrative all its own. It's one that leaves people suspicious and critical of everything, including themselves. It's one that destroys people and cultures. We need to offer people something better, not just complain about the problems in the world as it is. We need to offer a community of believers that stands with the oppressed, cares for the needy, and fights injustice, not because everything is nothing but broken and bad, but because God is love, and he found us worth dying for. That is a meta-narrative I'm proud to live and die by because it's redeeming. But you know, also, because it's true. And no secular movement or worldview in history remotely compares with it. This is Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic for Edify. Wow, thank you, Chris. Jess? Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a voice of reason out there. Yep. Glad, he's on, glad he's on the team. Yeah. Uh, I probably wouldn't... I, I, wouldn't agree with him on one. On one Terry, I don't think we have systemic. I don't think we have racism. No. I think it's made up. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. Most of my even, an, Jesse, I agree with you. Most of my black friends, 
I've seen him say that. Larry Elder and others have said yeah. it's overplayed. There's racism in America right now. Not right now. A hundred years ago, yeah, you could say that. Maybe 50 years ago. Right now? No. I don't buy that. No. Terry, to me, the whole woke ideology, yeah. it's part of the social justice, it's, it's part of the social justice movement. Mm-hmm. And the woke ideology, uh, the prog- progressivism, liberalism, um, the what's the goal? The destruction of the Catholic faith. Yep. P- I mean, it, because notice, they, they try to take on anything that's moral. If you take a moral position, like say, hey, only a man and a woman should be married. Oh, you're offending me. I'm a victim. So the woke culture, the, the, way, they, the way they defend themselves is they, they put on that victim status. They wrap around themselves around the, the mantle of a victim. Yep. And this way, if you say anything you know, that, that calls them to honesty, morality, fidelity, they're going to say, oh, you're just picking on me because of my skin color <laughs> or my indigenous Indian group yeah. or because I'm poor or because of my gender. So I'll t- this is why it's hard to have a conversation with woke people, because as soon as you're – because, again, Catholics, we share truth, not our opinion. Exactly. And We're colored Christ blind. And his holy gospel. Exactly. As soon as you do that, again, the truth is offensive. It's going to offend some people. Of course it will. And what they will do is once you start sharing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that all men are, we're all sinners, we're all called to repent, we're all called to change, we're all called to, to turn our back to sin and, 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 and be, go ad orientum, face God. As soon as you say those things, again, they start claiming victim status. They start saying, oh, I feel oppressed. You know, uh, I, that, you know you're hurting my feelings. And so... Terry, the only the only awake or, or what I want to go through is what Saint Paul talks about in Ephesians five fourteen. He says to all Christians, he says this quote: "Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light." Amen. All of us should awake, not woke. Well said, Jesse. And this is where we're at right now. This is the world we're in. I like to say that I'm colored blind. I don't care if you're white, black, pink, whatever you are. What's the truth? And this is the truth. The truth is God loves you and God loves you so much. He doesn't want to leave you in your sins. He died on the cross. He redeemed us. And we're here to tell you about him, not about a policy of of a Democrat, Republican. We're here to tell you about Jesus Christ and his saving works. That's what we do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Yeah. That's it. Terry, another thing about the woke culture is, is they try to empower the quote-unquote oppressed. Yep. And Terry, they just keep them, they, they just weaken them by keeping them subject to the government, yeah. uh, living off of entitlements and welfare. Yeah. Sure. Uh, they're, they're, not, they're not empowering the nope. weak. They're oppressing the weak by keeping them, again, just... Uh, uh, basically beholden to the government dole. And you'll also see that the entire woke culture, all their arguments are all on color, gender, or yep. sexuality. Yeah. Okay? They, they look at the world through the eyes of color, gender, or sexuality. Yep. Where we, Terry, we don't. Nope. We We're look, colorblind, brother. We look at the, yeah, we... We look at the world through the eyes of the gospel of Jesus Amen. Christ, and Jesus Amen. Christ is colorblind, 
And again, we're saved by grace. We're not saved by race. Exactly. And the last thing I want to mention, Terry, is that the woke ideology, it, it, it specifically targets the innocent children. It goes after them. Why, why do I say that? You know, for example, uh, the fact that they're trying to sexualize kids at a very young age. Through, oh, yeah. Through these transgender witches that go to libraries and public schools. You also find, you know, uh, parents who... Uh, that, 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 again, their kids behind their back, they're, be given, they're given puberty blockers oh. because their kids say that they identify as something else. And so parents who express hesitation with the government or the state, they'll call you transphobic. Hey, phobic, mom and dad, let your kid decide what they are. And then you have therapists. you got especially Catholic and Protestant therapists. They're prohibited from helping children become comfortable and their biological gender, or identifying mental or emotional issues. All of this, Terry, comes from the woke culture, and uh, we're going to be fighting. This is, this is the final battle that Sister Lucia said. The final, the final battle would be against marriage and family. We are here. We are here, Jesse. And I just want to encourage our listeners to continue to fight the good fight. You see, many people are giving up right now, and we can't give up. Remember what... Never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived if you don't speak the truth. Mm. That's what we have right here, Jesse. We need to be speaking the truth in charity and love, but to be quiet is not what we need to be doing today. And this is the age we're living in right now. It's an age of corruption. And hey, Jess... That's just how it is. So why we as lay Catholics, what did Bishop Sheen say? You're going to save the church? Why? Because some of our religious aren't acting like religious. Our nuns aren't like acting like nuns. And we want to encourage them to be faithful sons and daughters of the church. Yes. And that's what we do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Jesse, tomorrow we got a special show. I want everybody to know we're going to have some power preaching going on. Jess, uh, what state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. This is our Esther moment. It is. We were born for such a time as this. We've got to rise to the occasion. The time for playing with sin is over. It's time to get serious about your Catholic faith and say the words of Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and none other. Terry. Yep, go out and preach the gospel. That's what we are called to do in, in season and out. And right now, we're in the battle of our lives. Remember what Our Lady of Fatima said. She said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. We've got people in our chapel making Eucharistic adoration, sacrificing their time for the good of the church. Join us in that. God love you.